Welcome to the Hope United Podcast, where we're creating a culture of worship, family, and discipleship. We hope this message challenges, inspires, and gives you hope today. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. Father, thank you, Lord, that you would speak to us today. You know where we are in our journey of faith. You know where we are, God, in the challenges of life. And so I thank you, God, that you would speak to us right where we are. God, your word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. So be that to us today in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. I see this sitting up here on my uh, notebook. Maybe you received one of these. I want to tell you that the men are having a night of prayer this month. And it's going to be good. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's been a while, at least, to say the least, since we've had a men's night of prayer. So all the real men, uh, mark it on your calendar. Uh, it's going to be an awesome night. We've been talking about this, um, this topic of the advocate. Somebody just say that with me, the advocate. And what the advocate is, or who the advocate is, it, it, it goes back to when Jesus was talking to us in John 14, 27. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. The peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. This is something that is of a divine nature, and this gift is not just a thing. It's actually a person. He says in John 14, 25, I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you, But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything. How many want to know some stuff you didn't previously know? I don't know about you, but I want to know the things that I need to know to be successful in life. And so Jesus said, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, the Advocate, and He's going to teach you everything, and He'll remind you of everything that I've said. So I'm thankful for the Advocate. The Advocate... Protect. Someone that advocates is someone that protects and defends a cause. So the advocate, the Holy Spirit, protects and defends the cause of Christ within us and upon the earth. So today, specifically, I want to talk to you about living with the Holy Spirit. Will you say that one time with me? Living with the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about what that means today. Ephesians 4.30 <clears throat> gives us a word of caution. It says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed to the day of redemption. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, I think this has been sometimes thrown around um, in church and or oftentimes misunderstood. What does it mean to actually grieve the Holy Spirit or make the Holy Spirit feel unwelcome in your life or... Uh, basically make the Holy Spirit unwanted in your life or to make the Holy Spirit grieve. grieve. What is grieving? Grieving is something that we do at a funeral. It says, do not grieve. Do not make sorrowful the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit only goes where he is welcome. And I, I think that's what we have to understand about the lives that we live is does our life make the Holy Spirit welcome. It's one thing to say, um, uh, yes, I want Jesus in my life. I accept Jesus as my Savior. I'm saying yes to Jesus today. But it's a different thing to say yes to Jesus every day. 
or to make your life welcome to Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ that lives inside of us. And if our lives, we're living a life that makes Him unwelcome, He's not going to force His way into your life. How many know that? God is not going to force His way into your life. The Holy Spirit will not force His way into your life. But if you make your life welcome, if you become hospitable to God's Spirit, He will live there with you. And that's our goal as Christians, is to live a life that the Holy Spirit will walk with us, that the Holy Spirit will live inside of us, and understanding that just because I invite the Holy Spirit once into my life, that's not good enough. I have to have a daily relationship. I have to welcome Him into my life. And um, we know that when we have friends in the natural, we have to continue to make them feel welcome, right? Or they go away. They don't want to hang out with us anymore if we live a life, if we say things and we do things that make them extremely uncomfortable. The thing that we understand about the presence of God is He doesn't cohabitate with sin. So when we refuse to get... God has grace for us, but when we refuse to address an area in our lives that has sin in it, it makes the Holy Spirit unwelcome. So we have to learn to do things God's way if we want God to stay. This is so insightful about Scripture when it says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit from whom you were sealed. Because it shows us that we can do things in our life that bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit to rejoice or to celebrate, to be excited about what I'm doing in my life. I think we all should want God to be excited, the Holy Spirit to be excited about the way that we're living our lives. See, if sin continues to live inside of us, His Holy Spirit cannot. And if His Holy Spirit continues to live inside of us, sin cannot. So it's a decision that we make what we want to live inside of us. Do we want to continue in the sins that we were in before Christ and welcome that back in or allow that back in and force or make the Holy Spirit unwelcome in our lives? Or do we want to welcome the Holy Spirit into our life and let Him help us partner with Him to get the different sins out of our lives? When we invite Jesus into our life, the Holy Spirit comes inside of us, and now our actions from then on determine what's going to live inside of us. Are, is the Holy Spirit going to stay inside of us and remain in us and remain with us? 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Don't you know that you yourself are God's temple, that God's Spirit dwells in your midst? When I come to Christ, I'm essentially saying, God, I want to be a temple that you can live in. I, I, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to have this big void inside of myself anymore. I want the Holy Spirit. I want your spirit to come inside of me, fill up this empty place, the, the places that I felt broken and the places that I felt lonely, the places that I felt incomplete. Holy Spirit, I need you to be inside of me, right? I need you to be in my, in my heart, in my life. I need you. And so I am a temple. This is the concept that Paul gives us. I have to keep it clean. It's sacred. What do you do with a temple? You keep it clean. You keep it sacred. My body and my mind are a house, and I decide what lives inside of it. Right? It can be bad thoughts. It can be God's thoughts and God's presence. Right? It could be something that is bad, that's negative, that's toxic, 
that is oppressive, right? That can be in my mind, right? That can be in my spirit. That could be in my body. Or I could say, I want God's spirit to be with me. I want God's thoughts to be in my mind. The Bible says if there's any good thing to think on, think on these things. What gives us the power to think on good things? The Holy Spirit gives us the power to dwell and to think on good things. So I want to talk about four things that makes the Holy Spirit unwelcome. Number one. Number one thing is a lack of repentance. When we do the wrong thing and we don't reconcile back to God, it separates us. Sin separates us. So unrepentant sin, a lack of repentance in our lives, the Holy Spirit cannot stay. Sin separates, repentance reconciles. Get this in your spirit. Sin separates, repentance reconciles. So it's not necessarily about being perfect. It's about living a repentant lifestyle where you say, God, I messed up yesterday. I I really messed up. I said the wrong thing. I did the wrong thing. God, forgive me. I want you to be welcome in my life. I want you to feel welcome in my life. I still want to partner with you. I know I messed up yesterday, but I want to live a repentant life. Sin separates repentance reconciles. Every time we repent, we apply the work of Jesus and we reconcile ourselves to God and to his Holy Spirit. Get this. Every time we repent, we apply the finished, the perfect work of Jesus Christ on the cross and we reconcile ourselves to God and his Holy Spirit. This is what made David's life so powerful. It wasn't that he never sinned because we have the, we have the stories He definitely sinned, but every time that he sinned, he repented. So God could be very close. God could walk with David because David lived a life of repentance. David was constantly reconciling himself to God through repentance. You don't have to be perfect, but you do have to be reconciled. Who is the reconciler? Jesus and his work on the cross. So when I say, God, I'm sorry, Help me apply the work of Jesus to my life right now. Give me a fresh start. I want to do this the right way. I want to live with you. You don't have to be perfect, but you have to be reconciled. And so we're saying, God, I'm sorry. Help me be better. Help me stop doing the things that offend you. Help me stop doing the things that grieve your Holy Spirit and make you feel unwelcomed. So the number one thing that we find here, the first thing, that makes the Holy Spirit feel unwelcomed is a lack of repentance. Number two, number two thing that makes the Holy Spirit feel unwelcomed, the lack, a lack of forgiveness. If you don't forgive others, the Bible says you yourself will not be forgiven. I'm going to take you to scripture in a second. That's right. If you want to be forgiven by God, you are required to forgive others. Unforgiveness in your heart will cancel the work of the cross in your life. It doesn't cancel the work of the cross for everybody. It canceled the work of the cross for you. It disqualifies you from the work of the cross. Listen to what scripture said, Matthew 6, 14. This is Jesus. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. If you, 
Forgive other people when they sin against you. Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Verse 15. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. The work of the cross does not apply to you if you walk in unforgiveness. And that's a heavy thing. The Holy Spirit cannot cohabitate with somebody that has unforgiveness in their life. That's important for us to say. It's important for us to talk about. Because if you don't understand that, if you think you can hide an offense in your heart and God not see it, and it not pop up on the radar, it just doesn't work like that. If the Holy Spirit is living in your heart, He knows where that offense is and where that unforgiveness resides. In Matthew 18, Jesus clearly expresses this. He tells a parable about a man that owes a huge debt to the king. And he and his family would have been sold into slavery to pay the debt. It's a huge debt. And the man begs for his life and for his life of his family, and the king forgives the huge debt in full. Matthew 18. The man leaves so thankful, but then he walks around the corner and he sees a man on the street that owes him a much smaller sum of money. And it says he grabs him by the throat and demands instant payment. And other people that were in the court that just saw the king forgive him, they say, this is wrong. And they go and report it to the king and it says the king then changes the verdict, and throws the man in jail. To reinforce the concept, Jesus said, if you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. Even though the man was forgiven, God changed, the king changed the verdict and said, now you have to go to jail because you didn't forgive. What does this story display here? It displays exactly what we're talking about. The man was, was forgiven, but then he did not show forgiveness. In the end, the man disqualified himself from the grace of the king. If we do not forgive, we will not be forgiven. Unforgiveness separates us from God and his Holy Spirit. So the number two thing is lack of forgiveness. What's the number three thing? The number three thing is wickedness. Wickedness will disqualify you from the Holy Spirit being involved in your life. Wickedness goes beyond doing the wrong thing. Wickedness is knowing the right thing and doing the wrong thing instead. It's when you know what to do and you do something different. This is when someone's heart has become hard. This is when someone's eyes has become dim to the truth. This is when someone becomes callous to the truth of the word of God. They, they're reading the scripture, or they've read the scripture, but they don't follow it. The Holy Spirit will not abide in someone that has become wicked. Psalm 5, 4 says, For you are not a God who is pleased with wickedness. With you, evil people are not welcome. When we walk in wickedness, we make the Holy Spirit unwelcome in our life. The Bible defines wickedness as a mental disregard for justice, 
righteousness, truth, honor, or virtue. Right? Evil in thought and life, depravity, sinfulness, criminality. And, and, and the beginning of wickedness is not everything that I just said. It's a piece of that. It's a disregard for honor. It's a disregard for righteousness, doing things God's way. It's, it's knowing that you need to do things in righteousness and not doing it in righteousness. It's knowing that you should honor somebody and you dishonor them. It's knowing that you should live a life of virtue, but you choose to not live a life of virtue. A clear example of wickedness can be seen in people that hurt others and don't care. If you stop caring when you hurt people, you need to have a heart check. People that steal from others and it no longer bothers them. People that lie and give no second thought. This is what wickedness looks like. In Scripture, you see how hard Jesus came against many of the Pharisees and Sadducees. It's because they were operating in wickedness. God will not tolerate wickedness, and His Spirit will not live with people that practice wickedness. Wickedness makes the Holy Spirit unwelcome. Last thing. Fourth thing. Pride. The fifth thing that will cause you to lose fellowship with the Holy Spirit is pride. James 4, 6 says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. God opposes, he pushes away the proud. He is against proud. He is against pride. It's impossible to be proud and have the Holy Spirit active in your life. The Holy Spirit, by very nature, resists pride. The Holy Spirit cannot cohabitate with someone that is full of pride. The Bible commands us to circumcise the flesh, and part of the flesh that must be circumcised is pride. Pride always leads to greater sin. Pride led to the rebellion in heaven. Pride comes before the fall, right? Pride is a gateway sin. It leads to bigger things. Pride always precedes the wrong path. So whenever you see pride developing in your life, repent and change your ways. The more you get pride out of your life, the closer fellowship with God you will enjoy. The more pride you allow in your life, the less of God's presence you will see in your life. The Holy Spirit will not be in the same place that pride is. Four things. Four things that make the Holy Spirit feel unwelcome. So what should we do? We should not grieve the Holy Spirit this is what we should do, Ezekiel 36, 27. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. I will put my spirit in you and move you. The Holy Spirit, when it's in you, it moves you to follow God's decrees and his ways. So I want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit so the Holy Spirit moves me out of sin behavior, moves me into God's decrees, moves me into a greater understanding and walking in God's character. I want him to move me. That's what Ezekiel says prophetically. I will put my spirit in you, God is saying to Ezekiel, and move you to follow my decrees and follow my laws. So 
God puts his spirit in us and we surrender to the leading of the Holy Spirit and he causes us to walk in his laws and decrees. When we submit to God's spirit, his Holy Spirit, the advocate, he lives and allow him to live inside of us. He strengthens us. He encourages us to walk in the ways of God, to understand the character of God, to be in sync with the plans of God. It's a powerful thing to partner with the Holy Spirit and have the Holy Spirit living within you. There is no way to fully understand the ways of God and the things of God without the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you. Can I say it again? There's no way to fully understand the ways of God and the things of God without having the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you. He's the one that teaches you everything and reminds you of everything Jesus said. So if I want to know everything that's pertinent for my mission and assignment, I need the Holy Spirit living with me. If you welcome the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, into your life, if you welcome God's Spirit, the Advocate will walk alongside of you and lead you and will fully show you God's ways, God's plans, God's character, God's heart, and He will teach you everything, everything that you need to know. Galatians 5.25 says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So since I'm living by the Spirit... I want to listen and obey and walk in step with the Spirit. I, so there's two different ways I can go. If I invite the Holy Spirit into my life, the advocate, I can disregard what he says and he'll leave because he's a gentleman. He's not going to overstay his welcome. Or I can listen to him and I can walk in step with him. So that's what Paul is talking about. Since we live by the Spirit... Let us keep in step with the Spirit. If we're living with the Spirit, He causes us to walk by the Spirit. If we want to continue living by the Spirit, we must learn to walk by the Spirit. If we don't walk by the Spirit, we end up grieving the Holy Spirit, and He is then feels unwelcome. He goes away. So our conclusion is to walk by the Spirit so that His Spirit will continue to walk with us. I want to walk with the Spirit. He walks with us. It's a relationship. It's a two-way street. As we do the works that are congruent with a life led by the Holy Spirit, it causes the Holy Spirit to draw closer to us. If we stop doing the works of the Holy Spirit and we do work contrary to the Holy Spirit, we begin to live a life separate from Him. Sin causes separation. Repentance causes reconciliation. What do you need to reconcile in your life today? What do you need to talk to God about today and say, God, I'm sorry, I messed up here. Apply the work of Jesus and the cross to my life so that I can be reconciled, that I can have closer fellowship with you, so I can be more in sync and I can be in step with you. If you feel separated today, let this be a day that you repent and reconcile. The Holy Spirit wants to be in fellowship with us. He wants to walk with us. He doesn't want to disqualify you. Did you know that? The Holy Spirit does not want to disqualify you. He defends the cause of Christ. And Christ came to qualify you. The Holy Spirit is not looking for that little slip-up that you had. He's looking for you to reconcile the slip-up that you had. His job 
is to defend and uphold the cause of Christ. The cause of Christ is the redemption of man. Jesus came to qualify you. Why would the spirit of Christ try to disqualify you? That's the thought process of the world. That's the thought process of the enemy trying to tell you something that you're disqualified. You're only disqualified if you don't repent. You're only disqualified if you try to stand before God and say, I'm right. I don't need to change. This is just how I am. Does that sound familiar like our culture? Don't judge me. No, you're going to be judged. We're all going to be judged, right? God is not in heaven trying to figure out ways to disqualify you. He premeditatedly sent Jesus to qualify you and to qualify me with his perfect work on the cross. He premeditatedly qualified us by sending Jesus, by having plans set in place to send Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. The work of God... The work of Jesus, the work of the Holy Spirit is not to qualify, is not to disqualify you. It's to qualify you and me. Everything that he does is with the thought and with the hope and with the love of redeeming and qualifying humanity to be in his presence. We messed up in the garden. We messed up as a group. As mankind, we messed up. But, G- but God in heaven, he got together with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and said, how can we requalify mankind to be back in our presence? The work of Christ. And then when Christ goes away, the Holy Spirit comes to continue and defend that cause of the redemption and qualification of man. So let us be thankful and grateful that we are qualified and show the fruit of gratitude through good works. Let us do good works as the Holy Spirit leads us. What can I leave you with today? How can we end this talk? So many people are frustrated and confused and angry. Our world is filled with Fighting, infighting, abuse, division. How do we bring hope? How do we help our world? There's one way. It's through partnership with the Holy Spirit. We cannot do it without the Holy Spirit of God in our life. Active. Active. He guides us. He leads us. He empowers us. He teaches us. He enables us. To win, he enables us to help others. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And the Spirit of Christ as our advocate, God is with us. And if God is for you, who can be against you? If the Holy Spirit is with you, who can win if they come against you? We are now more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Through what Christ did on the cross, redeeming us, we become conquerors. And it qualifies us to live in the presence of God.
it qualifies us to host the presence of God in our lives. That's what the Holy Spirit is. He is the presence of God. We have to learn to rest. Rest in the fact that we're going to win. Rest in the fact that we are winning. Rest in the fact that we have peace. It's because our faith is in Jesus. Our comforter is the Holy Spirit. We rest in him. Psalm 91 says, He who lives in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. He who dwells, he who lives in the shelter of the Most High will find rest. Some of you might be wondering, how do I have peace? How am I able to rest in this type of world? You have to learn to live with the Holy Spirit. You live underneath the shelter of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. The Holy Spirit is around you. The Holy Spirit is a covering over you. And you rest in the shadow of the Almighty. He will be your refuge. The place you run to. He will be your place of safety. He is our God. I just have to learn to trust him. I just have to learn to be obedient. I just have to learn to follow his lead. I just have to, 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 to learn to circumcise the flesh that he shows me is in my life. Here is the sin that we need to talk about today. Here is the sin that we need to address this week. Yes, Holy Spirit. I'll do it. Help me do it. Show me how to do it. And we walk in step with the Holy Spirit. And he qualifies us through the work of the cross. He gives us peace. He equips us with what we need. He empowers us to win. He empowers us to be a help to others. He empowers us to be the salt and light of the world. We need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an extra. The Holy Spirit is not an add-on. You have to understand, he who lives in the shelter of the Holy Spirit will rest. This is the rest you've been looking for. This is the peace you've been looking for. It's in the Holy Spirit. Those that keep your eyes fixed on him that same person that keeps their eyes fixed on him will be kept in perfect peace not pretty good peace not a partial peace not an infrequent peace not a peace on Sundays perfect peace Sunday to Sunday it's good Holy Spirit is good you bow your heads with me today? Holy Spirit, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we invite you to be a part of our lives. We recognize we need you. We don't want you far away. We want 
you to walk with us. We want you to live inside of us. <laughs> be all around our thinking. Be all around our heart. That the broken places, the pain, the bad thoughts, the critical thoughts that we have about ourselves, the moments that we've been hurt by life, Holy Spirit, get in there. Get in our heart. Get in our mind. Begin to bring healing. Help us to take out those toxic thoughts. And those wrong motives in our heart, God. We need you, Holy Spirit. Teach us how to walk with you. Teach us how to follow the example of Christ. We don't want to just talk about the Holy Spirit. We want to invite you, Holy Spirit. Partner with us in life. Cause us to be victorious. Cause us to win. Cause us to understand the assignment. Cause us to be a blessing and a help to those around us. Cause us to be bold and talk about Christ. Cause us to be discerning to see the hurts and the wounds of others. And give us the power to heal, to heal people in a broken world. Lord, I thank you for each and every person that's here, God. Lord, help us to make you feel welcome in our lives. Maybe as heads are bowed, you say, Pastor, I'm not where I need to be with Jesus. I know I need to reconnect with him. I know I need to. I know I need to to make things right. I've gotten distant. If that's you, just slip up your hand. I want to pray with you today. Amen. And maybe you said, Pastor, I don't know if I've really had a real relationship with him. I've, I've been around religion. I've been around religious people. I've been around some people that might have had a real relationship, but I don't know if I have. Slip up your hand. I want to pray with you right where you are today. Amen. Amen. If you slipped up your hand for either of those things, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for dying for me on the cross and taking my sins away. I receive your free gift of forgiveness. Thank you for qualifying me. I'm sorry for the times I sinned, I did the wrong thing, I tried to do it without you, I drifted away from you, forgive me today. Jesus, I need you to help me. I need your Holy Spirit to walk with me, to give me the strength to live a life like you. I want that. I surrender my agenda and I want your agenda for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give God the praise today. God can do so much with our surrender. It might not look like a lot to you, but just a little bit of surrender 
God can start working. And the more we surrender, the more God can work. The more we surrender, the more space we give for the Holy Spirit to work in our life. I'm so excited for you if you lifted your hands today. And I want to encourage you to continue your faith journey. We might call you. We might encourage you. Get around some people that will encourage you. Get around some people that will help you in this journey. One of the greatest things is getting people around you that will encourage you, grow with you, encourage you in your walk. And maybe they're doing the same walk as you. Amen? I want to remind you, if God is for you, then who can be against you? And if Jesus is with you, you will be undefeated. Have an awesome Sunday. Thanks again for listening. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. For more information or to connect with us, go to hopeunited.church. And remember, if God is with you, you will be undefeated.